Tim, let's go to the sun. Let's go to the sun. So this past weekend, you guys, I went to Boston for a, a friend's wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And Boston is a terrible place. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I have friends that live there, which I totally forgot. And I caught myself before I tweeted about it. And then I realized, <laughs> oh, wait, my friends who live in Boston probably aren't going to appreciate this. this. Yeah. 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 The ones that I just went to their wedding for. Oh, oh uh, well, that too. Yes. Other yeah. other friends, too. But yes, uh, like I, I know a couple copy editors who live in Boston and um, with whom I, I make fun copy jokes, you know. Yeah. Copy editing jokes mm-hmm. but then i realized oh wait they they actually live here i uh, probably shouldn't what um, do you like about boston uh, it's just like the the, the city's just not laid out very well it's like all the neighborhoods kind of spill into each other nothing's all the roads are not nothing's in a grid ever yeah like it, it like there's no like they it's almost as if the city was just like Every time someone tried to make a grid, someone mm-hmm. else was just like, "No, what? Why would you? No, put whatever. A, yeah, I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put a, a little swirl in there. Leave it where I'm it gonna, lays. I'm gonna make this road a spiral now. Huh? What do you think of that? I think. Do you run into that a lot on on East Coast towns since they're know. older? I, 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 I'm certain that's probably why. It's gotta but, be why. Yeah, but so there was that. Um, Getting around on the train was terrible. Uh, it was, I mean, all right. So like, are you, are you sure? Well, all right. I, I'm sure part of it is just me, but um, like when we go to Chicago, we visit Chicago occasionally and uh, the L you, you take that and every, everywhere it stops, it, like every line, every different color is totally different. It goes to different places uh, yeah, they overlap some, but they don't like split into multiple versions of the same line. Mm-hmm. In Boston, they have multiple versions of the same color. So not only do you have to pay attention to what color you're on, but which track number you're on, uh, because they go to four different places. So if you aren't paying attention and you get on one, two, three, or four, you may be on the green line, but you're going to end up in a different part of the city than you than you intended. Weird. Huh. It's super. I don't know why they just don't use more colors. There's lots of colors, guys. Well, then you got the you know people that are colorblind. Oh, jeez. They can't well, handle it. You can still read the colors. <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, and then the traffic. Otherwise, like anytime we took a cab, we took a cab uh, three times the whole time we were there. Or no, well, yeah, three times this time, the whole time we were there. And in each of our cab rides, we nearly got in a wreck. Wow. Uh, the first time we took a, uh, we, the first time we had a driver uh, on our way to the, uh, to, to the wedding itself, um, the guy is a volunteer firefighter. Okay. Our our driver, and he had lots of jokes, but uh, beyond that, beyond his jokes, he actually also drove the cab like it was a fire truck. Wow. And, and yeah, there were so a it's just times. not a great place to get around. Well, and yeah, and everything is super expensive. Mm. We we had a there was one point where we had a meal uh, near the hotel, granted, but like the meal itself was like a chicken wrap 
and a burger and fries for each of us. Not like fries for each of us, not both of us got, we didn't both just get chicken wraps and burgers. That would be I, weird. I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have to, I have to be specific. Um, yeah. It ended up costing us like 45 bucks. What? Yeah. It was ridiculous. Uh, should we go ahead and get started? Yeah, let's do it. Yep. Welcome to, we should know better this, uh, the podcast where we hitchhike through Wikipedia and completely disregard facts and in favor of goofs. Um, <laughs> it is what it's become. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the whole point, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's true. Disregard uh, facts, acquire goofs. <laughs> uh, I'd like to announce my uh, candidacy for the Republican nomination. Uh, I'm Kyle, and with me, as always, are my running mates. Uh, Sky. Tim. Uh, Remember when I, I said if I ever use goof, like, for real, that you should just kill me? <laughs> <laughs> I've been using goof for, like, a year. Oh, Yeah. No, no, you, there's there's sincere goofs. We're we're sincere goofs. I think that might be what we are. We are sincere goofs. Well, that's a shirt. <laughs> that's definitely a shirt. <laughs> Honestly, guys, we could make some pretty good shirts at this point. We've done some pretty decent ones. <laughs> I can make three of them. I can, <laughs> I'll just, I can order three shirts. What? <laughs> Wait, what? One for me, one for you, one for Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, why not? You just have to come up with some designs. That's right. It's it's it's, and then it'll go viral. Yeah. Right, and the people, people will like, see our shirts and be like, "Oh, what's look at those thing? hipsters?" That must have, that must be a popular podcast. We should yeah. know better. And then we can sell the shirts later and say oh that they've gosh. actually been on our bodies when we're actually famous. Oh my gosh, yeah. we can we could sign them even sweat the stain signatures <laughs> mm. with a little grasshopper follow after each one. <laughs> That's weird. That poor grasshopper. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, if you've never listened in before, I'm sorry. And also, uh, we have uh, what we do here is we play the wiki game uh, in which uh, we'll have two pages uh, just picked on on Wikipedia that are connected by a bunch of other links. And uh, both Sky and Tim will have to find their way from one to the other just using the links within the articles themselves. Uh, we skip we skip a couple different kinds of links, but at, uh, ba- basically countries you can't use uh, the see alsos and although captions we've still said are okay. Yeah. So um, anyway, let's start at one of the other cool things that happened in Boston. Uh, we actually went to the Boston Museum of Fine Art, um, which was really cool. We had a lot of fun there. Um, the Bofa. No, I'm sorry. It'd be the, the BM, bumfa. the Bumofa. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, that's problematic. Uh, <laughs> I think I got one of those at Starbucks one. <laughs> Vente uh, Bumofa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was really surprised at how good the, the museum was. Not that Boston, Boston wouldn't have a good art museum, but it was a really good museum. We, we saw cool. a really, a bunch of really cool exhibits, one of which, was a uh, series of prints by um, by Hokusai. And uh, so we are going to start off with one of the most famous uh, woodblock prints in uh, in the world, basically. The Great Wave. The uh, Great Wave. Yeah, you guys should be able to find it just by searching uh, for The Great Wave. Uh, the actual full title is The Great Wave off Kanagawa. Oh, yeah. 
So you actually saw like the real one? Uh, there are life? multiples, but yes. Oh, right, because it's a wood black painting. Print, yeah. Yeah. Print. Oh, cool. It, it, so, it was so cool. It was surprisingly, um, again, surprisingly small, but really cool. So, I mean, since we're an audio podcast, for anyone who, who's not certain what this painting is, yeah. or wood, it's not it. a painting, it's a wood print, wood black yes. print. You've seen yeah, it. Yeah, you've seen this. It's the big <laughs> blue wave and some boats <laughs> about to get slammed by it. Boom. Yep. Um, and in the background is little little Mount Fuji. Yeah. Little, little Mount on. Fuji. Yeah. Little, so, little um, and also we should say that we'll put this up, put this in the show notes. So, because it, it's amazing. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the photos that we do, we end up putting them in the show notes. I don't think we mentioned that in a while. Oh, sure. But yeah, if you ever like, why are they talking about this and I can't see it? Usually, <laughs> so, if you go, if you go poke around the <laughs> that episode's notes, and uh, I can't, I can't so, see it. So to, to talk about culture, talk about culture for a second. Oh. I, I had a, a poster of this on my wall in college. What? And a local Burger King here, when you walk in through the door, hanging on the wall is uh, another print of, of this painting. What? However, it's on a very narrow section of wall, and it's hanging vertically. <laughs> what? Yeah. It so is. It, is the wave rushing up or is it falling down? It is falling down. That's wonderful. That, it is the, it is the great water slide off Kanagawa. <laughs> yeah, that that boat is like defying Whee. physics. That's amazing. And I just want to be like, guys, you do you do know, right? Like, <laughs> at, you know. Mount Fuji even, is just messed up. Man. Even if you don't have room, you should just hang this somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> or, or replace this with something that's meant to be hanged vertically. Even just like like a Skylanders poster from Target, just just <laughs> something that will work better than something this. else. Yeah, that's funny. Something else. Well, uh, we're going to go. That's amazing. But uh, we're also going to go from this wave to another type of wave, sort of ish. We're going to go to sunlight. Stadiums. Stay, I was no, just going to say, yeah, no <laughs> baseball waves. I'm really sad that I could not make that work because now I'm upset that I that I didn't oh. do that. But what are you doing? We're going to sunlight. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, very the, fancy. The page is just sunlight, so that should get you there. Okay. Uh, you go to the way, page, it just shines brilliantly out of the monitor at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sunlight. Uh, yeah, Wikipedia slash sunlight. It, now, is, it is the last page that some people have seen before they died. Mm, uh, well, for off, just offhand, be aware that there's a disambiguation for sunshine and for daylight. So we want sunlight. <laughs> okay. Wiki slash sunlight. Yes. All right. <laughs> we'll do. Okay. I, I was not aware that there would be that many, you know, uh, different forms of, of sunlight. I think of it as just, you know, sunlight. Uh, anyway, so what we're going to do to kick off the game. Uh, man, it's been so long since I've gotten to pull from this. I uh, generally speaking, when it when it's my turn to host, each of us has our own way of determining who gets to go first. When it's my turn to host, generally speaking, I will pick a title from the Family Game Book, which is a treasury of uh, games for members of the family, from preschoolers to teenagers, from the 1960s. And this is a terrible book full of sexism and classism and all these other isms. And I pick a title from their from their collection of games for for kids 
you know, for kids, uh, for boys and girls from six to 10. And I have Sky and Tim tell me what that game is based on the title. So uh, I know you guys are just so eager. I, I'm, I've been delaying this as long as possible because this is such a good one. Tonight's tonight's game uh, is called Tony Takes a Bath. <laughs> Tony Takes a Bath, huh? That is that is correct. Oh, now, no. I'll have you know, I'm going to take a second while you guys think, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you right now that this is probably, out of all the games that we've read out of this book, this is probably one of the most actually maybe interesting games. Oh, like, geez. Okay. Yeah, this, this is maybe one of the best ones that they've come up with so far. I definitely did not play this as a kid, <laughs> but... <laughs> But as a kid, I can I, I maybe might have been talked into it. So uh, which one of you wants to take a stab at Tony takes a bath? Wow. Um. <laughs> you guys are so great. Uh, Tony takes a bath. <laughs> wow. Um, it's just so literal. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, just, a specific person does a specific thing. What's the game yeah. about? Mm. Um. What about maybe it's a weird form of like Simon Says almost. All right. Where one person is Tony and at the same, he'll say like, uh, Tony's washing his arm and he'll at the simultaneously, he'll rub a part of his body. Wow, and if he, and the other people have to rub this the same part of the body, so he might say Tony is you know washing his hair, but then he'll rub his leg, and the dumb kid who starts you know brushing his hair up with his hands gets laughed at and pointed at, and he's out. Tony is getting arrested <laughs> for an indecent game. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so here's here's mine. Um, Tony is a very dirty kid. Oh no! He gets into everything. <laughs> so whenever Tony takes a bath, um, the other children have you know a, a sixty-four count box of crayons, and they try to create what color they think the bath water is going to be when he's finished. And then Tony brings some of that out. And whoever is closest to that shade wins. <laughs> wow. Wow. I guys. thought you were going to go the mob, like the mobster route. I for was sure. really expecting I was that. trying to, but I could. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't, couldn't do it. Do it. Cement sorry. shoes. Couldn't pull the trigger. Um, so uh, neither of you guys came even close. I was really surprised by this one. So um, Tony takes a bath. So I'm just going to start with this first sentence here because it's amazing on its own. Parcheesi-type games can do much to make the, chi- the young child understand the complexity of the operations behind the simple fact that water runs from a faucet, that a switch turns on the electric light, that the gas jet supplies fire for cooking. It's just so wondrous. Uh, so anyway, this is a game in which you design a board game. You have to draw and make a board game that shows okay. how water gets from your res- reservoir to Tony's bath. What? Yeah. Uh, so they, I'll, I'll send you guys a picture of this, but they actually have a 
uh, a board a board game here that they've designed where they have like uh, they have a it's like part or uh, more like snakes and ladders really where they have like a hydraulic pressure chamber and there there's the reservoir but then you follow the pipe all the way to the bath and there's like places that you have to get moved back spaces where it says like no rain uh, <laughs> or clogged pipe oh, go no. back one space. And then any any place there's a leak, you have to go back spaces. So uh, super fun. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you tell the story of Tony takes a bath, for instance, start with the water from the mountains down a stream, then trace it through a hydraulic pressure chamber, through a pipe <laughs> to the reservoir, and from there to the main pipes to the branch of, to Tony's house, and then up to his second floor bathtub. Place obstacles in the form of the darth of rain, clogged pipes, or pipe leaks and advantages in the form of heavy rainfall. With the goal of getting from mountain to stream to tub, each player in turn spins a dial to learn how far to proceed. Use spins different a cups. dial? Spins a dial, yeah. Just any dial. Were you excited by that? Like, what? Why? It's just, it just sounds weird, like a dial. Like, <laughs> just any dial? Just like the, any like dial. Like the one on the stove? Yeah, you could do that. Okay. Just don't burn yourself, I guess. Uh, use different color buttons for each player. Um, I really love that this is uh, this is how they want to explain this. But I also want to point out that, you know, if today if we made this game today, it would be more like Tony has 15 minutes to or has to use uh, less than a 15 minute shower. Right. Uh, or Tony uh, has to go protest uh, bottled water plants. Yeah. Uh, Tony has to remember to only water his lawn on Tuesdays or Thursdays. It's just always like go back three spaces. Always go back three spaces. Yep. Um, <laughs> yes. So that's Tony takes a bath, guys. I, I hope you play it with, you know, you know, with the little kids, you know, to help them understand how to understand the flow of water, I guess, from nature to inside our houses. <laughs> it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of water, yeah, let's head to the Great Wave. Let's do okay. it. Who, who gets to go first? Oh right, all right. <laughs> I all didn't right. actually no, decide. No one I, actually won that. Yeah, no. I was gonna say that's that's kind of what it was. Uh, Sky, honestly, you were the closest, I think. So you're you're gonna get to go first this time. Okay, sweet. All right. Um, so the Great Wave. <laughs> wave. It's a really big wave, guys. What's it's a woodblock print. Uh, Woodblockers are are cool. They are really cool. In fact, part of the exhibit that they had was showing the different stages of the woodblock print because it wasn't just a single print. Every separate color that's on that uh, on that print, which you guys can see there, was a was a print on its own. Like that had to be a separate, whole different process. Like they had to ink that separately every single time and reprint it over and over. Right. Um, wow. It was really really difficult, but amazing. Um, so we, uh, we, we went to see this whole, uh, show and this print was in there. It was really cool seeing this up close. Um, it is done in a style that I cannot pronounce. Uh, in fact, let me check this here. Let me see if they have a pronunciation in here. Wushi. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They, the pronunciation here on Wikipedia is not very clear. So. I'm going to defer to just saying Yukioi because that's what it looks like. 
Steven, do you know? That's the close. He says yes. Okay. Rather hey, not. Yukioi. Yukioi. Anyway, <clears throat> it's part of this uh, this style of woodblock print, uh, which was really cool. This was published sometime between 1830 and 1833. I didn't realize this was so recent, I guess. But it was um, the very first print in his series, 36 Views of Mount Fuji, which is very cool. Um, they had a lot of prints from that series at the exhibition. Um, it was, they are, they are all so cool. But the, the concept among them is just that you have a bunch of different views of Mount Fuji, or rather you have a bu- bunch of different views of nature. And in each one somewhere uh, is Mount Fuji. So in some, it's going to be uh, right in the main foreground of the image. And some it's, uh, it's actually, it is actually the image itself. Like it's right, you're on Mount Fuji. So it's the entire image. So it's cheating, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> this is just uh, Japanese Where's Waldo. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Where's well, it Fuji? Worked, it worked really well uh, because not only when he, when he sold these, uh, he sold it. They, they sold in little books, little collections of these prints, um, these illustrations. Uh, he originally had these 36 views of Mount Fuji, but it was so popular that he released later on an additional 10 prints that were still, it was a total of 46 prints, but it was still part of the series called 36 print, uh, views of Mount Fuji. So, so yeah. I, I guess... If it's called 36 Views of Mount Fuji, yes. why aren't all the individual pieces named like something, something Mount Fuji? Because that's part like, of the art, Tim. Like, why isn't the Great Wave off Kanagawa called Mount Fuji watches a bunch of boat people die? <laughs> because because that's the poet. Uh, that's the poetic nature of it. You know, not everything is about this thing that's in the background of our entire lives. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Yes. <laughs> Did we just have a collective moment of Zen? Mm-hmm. That's okay. what that was, I'm sure. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> so it, it is really cool though. I I do enjoy this print quite a lot. It is um, cool. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole the whole style of it is very neat. The yeah. block paintings are pretty sweet. <clears throat> yes. Um so. what I'm gonna do there's actually a lot of links on here, but a lot Yeah, I thought it would be fun to you know, see, there's a wide range of stuff on here. I was really surprised how much was linked into this this whole page. But go on. Um, yeah, a lot of these links are just, I have no, no idea what they even are. Um, I'm going to click on paper. Ooh, wow. Okay. Takes me to washi. Washi. Well, it's a style of paper. Okay. I'm clicking on paper. I figure out it'll get me closer to sunshine. That's something. Yeah. Tim? So- I'm going to go, um, when talking about uh, the artist himself, it mentions that uh, during a period he mainly concentrated on producing surimono, or New Year's cards. Oh, yeah. So if they're New Year's cards, New Year, the sun rises on New Year. Let's go for that. I like it. That's a good idea. Yeah, good choices both. Cool. Uh, So washi is a style of paper that was first made in Japan, and it says washi is commonly... Made using fibers from the bark of the gampi tree, Ooh. the mitsusumata sub shrub, or the paper mulberry, but can also be made using bamboo, hemp, rice, or wheat. 
Oh, wait. Um, Is this the stuff that I used to make to fold origami? Yeah, I think so. What? There's also washi tape, isn't there? It's kind of like tissue paper in a lot of ways. I always wondered. Yeah. Washi comes from wa, which is Japanese, and she is paper. So it's basically just Japanese paper. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, they have little tiny origami cranes made of washi here. Yeah, there's not too much to say about it. Applications. Um, that the way it's made is pretty hardcore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> washi is produced in a way similar to that of ordinary paper, but fewer chemicals are used. It involves a long and intricate process that is often undertaken in the cold weather of winter as pure, cold running water is essential to the production of washi. Wow. That's, wow. Of course, of course, paper used for origami would have to be something made with such a ridiculous amount of dedication. Yeah. Ink, those ink stones that we were talking about last time. (laughs) Yes. Those are the same thing. They had to wait until winter to, to get the right, like the right atmosphere to be able to actually turn them into dang that turn so, the ash into into the ink so the rest of the year was just you you couldn't you couldn't write anything you couldn't fold any cranes yeah it's rough there's no culture at that time of year i like under under applications at least you know there's art you know like you can use it in sculpture mm-hmm. clothing you can use it in kimonos you can also use it for cosplay <laughs> <laughs> I have cosplay listed here. It does say that specifically. So guys, what am I? <laughs> I'm washi. <laughs> Just a sheet of washi. Yes. Oh man. Um it, it says here that you can use it for tempura too, and I'm not really sure I want to see that happen. What? How can you do that? I don't know. I'm I'm clicking it right now just to see, but I don't hang on a second. That it must mean something else in Japanese it, as well. Okay, it's not on this page for tempura. No, it's under cuisine. What? Yeah. No no no. I mean I'm looking at the page for tempura. It's not on here. No, I know. That's really strange. I maybe they said it on the tempura. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they just put it or blot the like uh that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Um so I came here to find me some plants. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna click on paper because I think that'll get um, me. Um I looked up a Google book on Japanese cuisine and it talks mm-hmm. about washi. What does uh, it do? What do you do with it? It's it's a serving implement. Oh, um, okay. All right. Uh, deep fried foods are served on individual plates or on small woven bamboo trays, on top of which a single folded sheet of white paper is arranged. Oh, in that Japan, makes sense. this paper is a machine-made version <laughs> of washi, the beautiful, smooth, but soft, resilient yet strong paper that Japanese have made by hand for over a millennium. So it's machine washi. Yeah. Oh, jeez, uh, yes, yes, it is. It is. <laughs> machine washi only. Um, <laughs> the idea of using washi to line serving plates is both practical and aesthetically pleasing. Paper <laughs> absorbs excess oil, and this rich paper ornaments a dish brightly and quietly. Aww. And that is from the book Japanese Cooking: A Simple Art. Oh, oh, dang! Well, I By Shizuo Suji. Okay. Well, thank you, Shizuo. Yes, thank you. Uh, cool. yeah, that is pretty neat. All right, well, Sky, where are we going again? You're uh, just clicking on. I'm just clicking on paper. On just actual paper. Yeah, because paper is like plants and junk. Yeah, you're going to paper again. (laughs) Yes, basically this is where I wanted to go. I'm going to go again. So, So, all right. What's Tim Tim doing? Let's talk about Ceremono, which I 
did not know was exactly what that was called. I didn't know this yep. had a special name. So yeah, suramono is a, a form of woodblock printing in Japan. Um, this is sort of your private commission in a sense. Oh. If you wanted to make a a card or um, just you know one piece of something, and uh, it literally means printed thing. <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah, being like produced in small numbers for mostly educated audience of literati. Surimono were often more experimental in subject matter and treatment and extravagant in printing technique than commercial prints. So, so you know, your special commissions. There's literally two paragraphs on this page. Yes, there is. Um, so under <laughs> uses, there are a few uses. Uh, you had uh, poetry societies would commission one of these uh, to put a winning poem on, which is neat. I mean, that makes sense. There were a couple of those in, in the exhibit as well. He, they actually just did display several of uh, his, the prints that had been commissioned that had, uh, yeah, I guess poet or poems that had won contests essentially. They were really, they were really, they looked amazing. A, uh, a second use is uh, Kabuki actors would commission a, a print uh, to commemorate important events in their careers, such as a, a change of name. Or the stage debut of one of their sons. Oh, dang. So, so hey, everyone. <laughs> Billy is playing a concubine for the first time. <laughs> let's, kind of splurge. Let's, let's memorialize this. Yeah, It's his first speaking role, everyone. Yep. So, so, essentially, it was a Facebook post about your kid. Actually, I guess, yeah. This is kind of like ancient Japanese Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, <laughs> But uh, what I came here for is, is well, no, oh, <laughs> uh, is uh, that it had to do with the new year. Oh, right. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. And that does Kabuki. link through here, thankfully, because it didn't on the other page. <laughs> uh, so but this new year is specifically the Japanese new year. Very cool. Mm -hmm. All right. That's right. Uh, yeah, I don't know a lot about that. So I'll be interested to find out. Oh, wow. There's some food on this page that looks amazing. Okay, sorry, I'm getting distracted. Let's go to paper. Paper. Do you guys know paper. what paper is? It's it's materials. It's fibers that are stuck together, right? Yep, mashed <laughs> together. Yes. Uh, the oldest known archaeological fragments of the immediate precursor to modern paper date to the second century BC in China. Wow. Yep. Wait. Do we know what they are? No, it doesn't say. Uh, no, it doesn't. It's ascribed to Chai Lun, a second century AD Han court eunuch. Wow. Of yep. course you would discover paper. So uh, this I did not know. Um, the reason that China could export so much silk is that paper was an effective substitute for silk. What? In many ways. And so they could export the silk. Uh, you know, they could export more silk because they weren't using it. And that contributed to their golden age. I mean, I knew that silk was you know, the thing that, that got them up on top then, but I, I didn't realize that pap paper was, the su it's so weird to think that paper is a substitute for silk, but apparently yeah, it is. Yeah, how, how? Like, it would have to be really well treated. Although, yeah, that makes sense. They do, they did have quite a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, and you guys, I mean, you guys probably know that the word, word paper is, like, derived from papyrus. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. From the font. And that's just... Oh God, let's not talk about the font. Um, papyrus actually comes from Greek papyrus, and that's okay. the word for the cypress pap papyrus plant. So it's actually Ooh. named after the specific plant, which is kind of oh, neat. Dang. Which is probably what they use to make paper. Yep. 
I hope so, anyway, because that would be really misleading otherwise. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> How great I just would really that like be? this plant, guys. How great would that be it's that our entire history of using this word? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of all I want to talk about because paper, because paper's kind of, otherwise it's kind of boring. I could talk I could, about how it's made, but yeah. I was going to say, Stephen does it all the time. He actually makes a lot of his own paper. Well, not a lot, but yeah, oh, like he just shook his head in class. He's like, how yeah. dare you give him um, false information? <laughs> um, he actually does some pretty cool stuff with it, but yes, go on. Yep. Uh, I, oh, I was trying to get the plants. Oh man, all there's these wood. types of paper. There's Hang on. Grasses. Yeah, no, what? no, no. They have some paper types include bank paper, banana paper, which I definitely want to know what that is. Bond paper, book paper, coated paper, construction or sugar paper, uh, cotton paper, fish paper, which they specify is made of vulcanized fibers for electric insulation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Inkjet. Oh. I got to go back. Um, oh, no. I misspoke here or oh. misread. <laughs> um, the, it's the pulp paper making process that Chai Lun did. Oh, I see. Which was in the t- second century AD when the earliest known fragments are from second century BC. So still that was- happened in China. So I am clicking on, I feel like Wood's, three steps away from from like plants <laughs> so i'm gonna go with grasses because grasses need sun <laughs> grasses need sun so i'm clicking on grasses which takes me to grass all right hang on a second grasses yep takes me to grass by the way banana paper is made from banana plant just just so we're so people aren't left hanging <laughs> on that Whenever you try to write on it, though, your pencil just slips right off. <laughs> yes. Well done. All right, Tim. <laughs> Let's talk about the Japanese New Year. The Japanese New Year has plenty of traditions, uh, traditional foods, um, traditional Buddhist um, ceremonies. Uh, it is celebrated on January 1st, uh, although it used to be celebrated at the same time as uh, Chinese New Year, Vietnamese New Year, those sorts of things. Oh, right. And then they decided they wanted to be right. Mm-hmm. Stick to the Gregorian calendar. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what traditional, not, I'm sorry, not traditional song, but what classic <laughs> uh, musical piece is very traditional in Japan uh, around the holiday season and New Year's? Happy birthday. No. Traditional song. That, it's, that is stadiums, it a Japanese song? Stadiums or? filled of Japanese people will belt this song out. I want it to be like Hang On Sloopy or something, but that's... No, that would be amazing. <laughs> um, think think Die Hard. What? Yeah. Oh, uh, what's the um, what's the song that they blast through the... Uh, I can't remember. Oh, no, I'm so going blank. I know. All right, Tim, what is it? It's a Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. What? It's Ode, Ode to Joy. Oh. They'll, they sing this? Yes. Why? <laughs> Uh, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony with accompanying chorus is traditionally performed throughout Japan during the New Year season. Um, in December 2009, for example, there were 55 performances of the symphony by various major orchestras and choirs in Japan. What? What? Uh, the Ninth was introduced to Japan by German prisoners of war oh held gosh. in Japan during World, World War I. Uh, Japanese orchestras began performing the symphony in 1925. During World War II, the imperial government promoted performances of the symphony, including on New Year's Eve, to encourage allegiance to Japanese nationalism. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, after the war, um, orchestras and choruses undergoing economic hard times uh, promoted performances of the piece around New Year's because of the popularity of the music with the public. Wow. So yeah, and it continues to this day. Like you can look up on YouTube performances of people singing and you have, you know, literally thousands of people belting out um, Ode to Joy. I'm guessing and they're singing in German. <laughs> yeah. And maybe the drink it. milk version. It's still no. no not that one. Drink milk. <laughs> um it's it's actually it's really cool to listen to and to see, actually. That sounds really cool. Maybe we can find one for the show notes. Yeah, that'd be neat. Um I but, I wanna I wanna point out up here that they have a list of New Year's games. Uh including flying kites, which is really cool. Uh is that play- a game? I, they Takuaje is what they have up here. So I'm, it says kite flying specifically. <laughs> so, uh, playing with tops, coma, I guess. And then there's a game listed here. Fuku Warai is, I'm guessing it's what it is. Um, whereby a blindfolded person places paper parts of a face, such as eyes, eyebrows, a nose or, and mouth on a paper face. That's that. I'm I'm sure that that is a lot of fun when you're drunk. That so, sounds amazing. Pin the face on the face. On the face, yes. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty special. Um, that sounds amazing. And of course, they they do still send postcards. Oh well, um, yeah. They're not quite the uh, commission pieces that were were made uh, back then. A lot of them have the Chinese New Year uh, animal of the year on them. Um, oh, others no. will just have you know like Snoopy or Mickey Mouse. Oh no, I really like it's a it's a tradition it says here. Uh it might mention the first letter meaning the first exchange of letters of the new year. Oh no, or or the first brush of the new year. That's so that's so cool. And uh the post offices guarantee that your postcards will be delivered on January 1st. Oh, if yeah. you get it in by a certain time. That's cool. cool. Very cool. Um but what I'm going to go for now is uh in poetry, there are haiku that celebrate many of the first of the new year, mm-hmm. such as the first sun. Ah, oh, oh, look at that. So I'm going to the sun, everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, look at you. Going to the sun. <sighs> you, like bana- you like bananas? <laughs> you can have plenty of time for bananas on the sun. Wait. No. <laughs> That's you- not how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong celestial body. Sorry. I'm the <laughs> i'm so mad at myself for referencing that we're just let's continue grass let's good go thing grass. that the venn diagram of people who listen to our podcast and those people who are bronies is one-to-one <laughs> <laughs> all of our listeners will surely understand what that was both of our listener grass guys grass grass so i know a lot about this page. i was gonna say do you just want to go <laughs> so there's a lot of type of grass guys yeah there is a, there is a section here called that sports makes you turf. Sound like such a stoner. It really does. <laughs> yeah. Bless you. <laughs> okay, go on. Um. <laughs> so we all know what grass is. I feel like I'm like the most boring person right now. <laughs> uh, we are literally we're literally talking about grass growing. So this what I'm going to talk about is the lawn specifically. Mm. And this article points out that in some places, particularly in suburban areas, the maintenance of a grass lawn is a sign of a homeowner's responsibility to the overall appearance of their neighborhood. One work credits lawn maintenance to the desire for upward mobility and its manifestation in the lawn. 
uh, as Virginia Jenkins, author of The Lawn, which would be also a great horror title, uh, (laughs) put it quite bluntly, upper middle class Americans emulate aristic society with their aristic aristocratic society with their own small semi-rural estates. In general, the lawn was one of the primary selling points for these new suburban homes as it shifted social class designations from the equity and ubiquity of urban homes connected to the streets with the upper middle class designation of a healthy green space and the status symbol that is the front lawn. There have actually been some really cool books written about this. And I keep meaning to read, yeah, about, about how the lawn became uh, a, a symbol for our, our, you know, because it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty recent thing, honestly. Yeah. That, that we even one had lawns and, and that we liked having lawns because and that we wanted to show off lawns. Yes. I own a lawn now and it's kind you of feel... like, it's kind of a pain. <laughs> I feel good. Like after I mow it and I look out the window, I'm like, oh, that looks pretty okay. I, Definitely should have bagged it instead of just shooting it out the side. <laughs> but I'm lazy. You could you could xeriscape your lawn. And What's that? Like, that's where you that's where you basically pick native plants that don't require a lot of uh, oh, a lot yeah. of uh, inputs to stay alive and do well. And slash or uh, basically burn it to the ground and use. Uh, well, yeah, you 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 landscape with with like rocks and plants that will help promote like a good growing area, but not with, without like a lot of need for water or other inputs. It's, it's kind of difficult to do because you have to go and actually get someone to help you put in all these native plants Oh yeah, and start a thing where you have to rip out your entire lawn to do it. And yeah, it, 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 it takes some doing steps. I'll steps. Let's take steps. Yeah. I just, I set up my desk today and that was an accomplishment. Small steps. Uh, I'll leave you one final note on grass, on the page for grass here. The title of Walt Whitman's poetry collection, Leaves of Grass, contains mm-hmm. two puns, leaves, referring to the pages on which the book was written, <laughs> and grass, a term given by publishers to work of minor value. Wow. Citation needed on that. Citation though. needed. Sure. Some editor has to come by and say, yeah, that we totally called him that. Some publisher, I mean. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, I just want to point out here, though, people talk about... Um, People don't think of grass as uh, like an actual plant a lot of the time because it doesn't have flowers. Right. Or, well, they think it doesn't. But any any grass, if you let it grow long enough, will develop its own flower. Uh, it, it really, oh, each yeah. one of those blades of grass is a plant on its own. Right. We just keep it down. We just kill it repeatedly. Which is a great... <laughs> It's just a great metaphor for the upper middle class. You just Actually, have to yeah. Keep, keep the masses down in order... Yeah. Stop Stop them from achieving their uh, life goal. Yeah, so uh, there's no but, sunlight on this page. Which is there's amazing. no mention of the sun. Ain't no sunshine. I'm clicking <laughs> on, on plants. Grass. I'm actually going to get the plant. <laughs> what? Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, hang on. Where's it's that? It's got to be here, though. Like, there's no way that it's not. I, I'm amazed that you have managed to yeah. pick, like, the most generic... Yeah, I mean, you've literally clicked on paper. I thought it would be like paper, two clicks. Yeah. Grass and plant. Plant. <laughs> I mean, as far as. A thrilling adventure ride. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tim, let's go to the sun. Let's go to the sun. Um, What color is the sun from space? Oh, man. From space? 
Yeah. Oh, without the atmosphere. The atmosphere is blue. Mm. <laughs> so would blue blue and yellow make green? Why doesn't the why doesn't the sun look green? <laughs> I would assume I'm not sure I can answer these questions. I actually would assume sort of the same that it that it falls that for some reason it falls apart or like it reflects in a particular way. I don't know. I think it's yellow. I'm gonna say yellow, yeah. The sun is white from space. What? Mm-hmm. Oh. Because <laughs> it's it's firing all Oh, of course it is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so our atmosphere absorbs the yellow. Everything but yeah. That's because ridiculous. it's blue? I don't know. I like um going back to what you were just talking about, um, from Wikipedia here, despite its typical whiteness. <laughs> most people mentally picture the sun as yellow. The reasons for this are the subject of debate. What? <laughs> That's what it says. Yeah. Wait, wait, are you saying that it doesn't appear yellow, like in the I sky? Guess, I guess there's some. No, like, it, it appears mostly white. I, I mean, sometimes you see it as orange or red too, depending on. Uh, I guess. Well, actually, position is on the horizon. And yeah, towards the light sun, is scattering towards your eyes. Yeah, towards sunrise or sunset, it would. Yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess you're right. It would be just white. Yep. Um. But I, I like that. Finally, finally. Someone on Wikipedia says, we're not sure. But but we are just going to assume that, <laughs> that the sun has typical whiteness. Yes. Typical it wears whiteness. polo shirts and, and docker slacks. <laughs> so the sun's light, of course, can be, um, you can see the spectrum through, through science machines. <laughs> yeah. And you get to see all the colors of the spectrum there. Um, and the colors that we use to uh, see colors and things around us. Mm. Uh, the cool part is, is that they could try really to figure hot. out no <laughs> uh, so the majority of sunlight we receive uh, on the spectrum is in the yellow and green range and uh, there's some dark patches that we figured out arise from gases and certain other things so we could start figuring out what gases are in the sun oh geez and around 1870 we found this one that we didn't really know of before and it was called helium <laughs> we found that there was this magic uh space gas out there called helium and then only later we found that it was on the earth too <laughs> all right we helios. have this magic space sense. yeah we have this magic it's... space gas on earth oh my gosh and we, we discovered after the sun that we could stick it into like <laughs> like thin <laughs> envelopes of rubber and latex and that they would float up it is the magic little list thing oh my gosh i i always i never made that connection before why we called it helium yep oh my gosh that just blew my mind that's amazing <laughs> that's really cool yep. it's sun gas sun gas, sun gas. <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> but uh yes at the average distance light travels from the sun to the earth in about eight minutes and 19 seconds the energy of this sunlight supports almost all life on earth wow by photosynthesis yeah and sunlight is linked oh man dun 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 i've let the sun shine in <laughs> dang it <laughs> <laughs> you just got that. i was trying to figure out i'm like wait did he go first or did i go no dang because <laughs> sunlight's also on this page oh, oh seriously yeah oh no oh I'm so sorry. I was so close, and I just, I just remembered <laughs> to put my dumb, 
what's it called? That thing that you put in front of your mic so you don't do you spit do all over it. I put my dumb spitter on my mic because I forgot to. <laughs> spit now guard? the podcast's over. Oh, <laughs> like he's gonna Dang. leave his office. Well, the problem is I actually have I actually have I have a drawer for it now, so I didn't see it because I just don't have <laughs> junk all over the place. I hate being an adult. <laughs> oh man, join the so plants, guys! Plants, plants are made by water and <laughs> green. They're they have branches and they're from a branch branch biology and they evolve from algae. There's fungi and there's also fossils that are plants. Uh, things that affect growth. Um, suns, <laughs> carbon dioxide. Do not smoke around your plants. There's a picture of dried dead plants here that I'll put in the show notes. What? Who puts a picture? That's a picture of dried dead plants. Look at that. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> well, I guess if you're going to write the, the article on Wikipedia about plants, you need to show everything. Yes, I guess so. Finally, I have use for my talent for not keeping <laughs> plants alive. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Oh, there's a fetus fly trap. I like to imagine that picture is like some like freshman college student. It's like photography 101. <laughs> and it's just like entitled like life or something stupid. Adulthood. Yeah. Good job, Tim. Way nice to get to the sunlight. Oh, this is so great. So sunlight is light. From the sun that's right tim it gives you vitamin d and, and a mutagen <laughs> and kills you a mutagen <laughs> that's a mutagen. literally what it says yes it is a principal source of vitamin d d3 and a mutagen and will turn you into a, a turtle and or turtle <laughs> um yeah so part of the reason that i even wanted to come to this page while i try to stop laughing um is that, you know, we are right in the time of year when people are experiencing a lot more sunshine, sunlight than normal. Yep. And people don't think of it as as dangerous, but it, it can it really can be. <laughs> yep. Um, yet I like how they describe here uh, that being the, the state of being in sunlight. Oh, hold on. The World Meteorological Organization uses the term sunshine duration to mean the cumulative time during which an area receives direct irradiance from the sun Ooh. of at least 20, 120 watts per square meter. You're not Crazy. getting, yeah, you're not getting sun. You're not uh, just hanging out in the, you're not sunbathing, you know, hanging out in the sun. You're getting irradiated. <laughs> it's never fun. So just keep that in mind, I guess. They go through all the different, uh, <clears throat> the, the full range, uh, the spectrum of light here from ultraviolet C. I didn't realize here, but there are actually three different classifications of ultraviolet light. Uh, UVC range, which spans a particular oh, wave. Uh, what's NM? I did. I missed where that was. Uh, NM uh, is nanometer. Thank you. Thank you. Or nanometer. <laughs> I like nanometer. Nanometer. <clears throat> anyway, uh, yes, uh, it's a higher frequency than violet light, and in, and hence invisible to the human eye. Uh, UVB uh, is mostly absorbed by the atmosphere. Uh, and is one of the ones responsible for the production of the ozone layer. It directly damages DNA and causes sunburn. 
So that's the one you want to avoid. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that stuff. That stuff's the worst. Uh, UVA is the band once held to to be less damaging to DNA and is usually the one that they use in sun tanning booths. But it's now known to use to cause significant damage because, yeah, it's still irradiating you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, UVA is now known to cause significant damage to DNA via indirect routes through the formation of free radicals and reactive oxygen species and is able to cause cancer. So maybe don't use a tanning bed. Nope. Or get in the sun. Or you know what? Just having a tan is not that great a thing. <laughs> nope. Um, <clears throat> so there are the, too the, many graphs on this page. There's a lot of graphs, guys. <laughs> graphs and formulas. Yeah. Uh, then they have the visible range and then the infrared range, which is uh, mostly red. And that, you know, that goes beyond that or it goes beyond red. Anyway, <clears throat> they do actually have here the uh, like an intensity of of how much light each planet receives. And I was really hoping that something would catch me off guard, like because of the weird uh, the weird um, orbit of like Neptune and Pluto, because they're slightly Aren't they slightly uh, kind of ovalish or something? There's yeah, I think diff- most most orbits are ovalish. Well, I mean more so. Yeah. Do they kind of like dance around each other? Is that what you're thinking? Yes. Are we allowed to talk about Pluto? Well, it does I'm, say planet or dwarf planet or on dwarf this. planet. Oh. Yeah. See. Um, but yeah, I was really thinking that one of these would surprise me, but apparently not. It's exactly as you think it would. <laughs> this has been an exciting episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yes, I'm sorry. Well, I tried to pick things that I thought were interesting. No, this is totally my fault. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I clicked on paper and then plants. So um, sunbathing is a popular leisure activity in which people, a, a person sits or lies in direct sunshine. Uh, I really like that they have this as uh, some common places for sunbathing include beaches, open-air swimming pools, parks, gardens, sidewalk cafes. In, in a list of, in a uh, list increasingly unre- or irregular places to sunbathe. Are there places, are there sidewalk cafes where people just sunbathe? Because that seems weird to me. It seems to be what I'd want to do. Eating a what? sandwich and getting raised. <laughs> Otherwise, sunbathing is pretty boring. Well, I suppose you're right. Is that like, I want to, I mean, is that one of those things where it, it, like, it became a cultural thing after it was kind of like. Probably. I, I mean, I guess it probably feels good because we like the vitamins, even though we don't really know that's what we're there for. Well, it could also be that the people who had the most time to spend out in the sun uh, because they weren't working inside all the time. Yeah got got suntans and so we right. so you think of those people as oh well they they're in more modern times yes used to be the other way around well of course yeah and so you think of those people as oh hey they've got that's a nice tan so obviously they have more time to to work on their tan rather than working all the time which is what i would like to be i want to i want to date that person yep oh. so anyway yes it's apparently a a good uh, an effective way to heal the symptoms of psoriasis, though. Oh. So I guess that's something to keep in mind. That's a plus? Yeah. One of the 
few pluses. One of the few mm. pluses. Uh, they do specify here that uh, some bathers typically wear a limited amount of clothing or some simply go nude, yes. which is linked. Yes, and naked I'm is not, linked. I'm not clicking that. <laughs> it takes you to naturism. Sure. Yes, sure. And then I like, I like how it says, because then that gives you the all over or even tan. And <laughs> sometimes that's part of a specific lifestyle. Wow. Okay. A specific lifestyle. That's not something I want anyone to ever describe my life with. Oh, they live according to a specific lifestyle. And that actually, now that I say that, that feels like a very Midwestern thing to say about someone. Well, I'm glad we got to go from this this great wave to an even cooler set of waves, I guess. Or hotter? I, I don't That That got away from the me. The great wave is cooler than the sun. I will go on record. <laughs> You'll argue to the death. Yeah. <laughs> okay well <clears throat> thank you guys for coming along with me uh on this on this cool ride um so if you want to hear more of our podcasts uh you can check us out on on itunes uh just uh, as <clears throat> i can't even say it right now we should know better um please if you get a chance uh you can also rate us and leave us a review we'll read it we promise uh we've got fun concept and execution excellent content wow by film stud 21 whoa thanks film stud 21 if you like things like caustic soda and just random trivia and information you'll like this have we it's talked a about caustic soda i'm guessing he's talking about mountain dew oh sure yeah it's a walk through random information and a lot of fun along the way it's a shame Aww. that the guys can't all record in one room as the mic differences is a little distracting but i'm sure they'll fix that soon <laughs> we're doing our best film dude i'm sorry film. Tim, i told you tim is from the 1890s he's on one of those phones it's two different parts <laughs> it's an interdimensional phone yeah you i'm talk actually given to me by a guy in a blue phone booth i'm actually recording on a victrola so and then uh, BryGuy823 says, great idea, great concept. Join these guys on a wiki adventure and learn new and weird things. Aw, thanks, BryGuy. Aw, that's the two that, new ones. That's really cool. Well, thank you guys so much for doing that. That's pretty cool. Uh, you can also find us on our blog uh, at wskbcast.blogspot.com. Yep, we're on Twitter, too, at wskbcast. All one word. <laughs> and Facebook because Tim is apparently not paying attention. Yep. Oh. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I mean I didn't I'm I like, didn't know we were doing this merry go round stuff still. This is a com you're like, this is a comfortable silence. I, yep. like this. I like this. So so we have a Facebook page. <laughs> you can find it at We Should Know Better. Uh, we love putting up little links that uh, follow up to what uh, we talk about during the week so you know listen and then uh, continue the party over on facebook yeah i need to share more of those because you've been finding some pretty cool stuff sky yeah this week what we shared i, I shared that clip from uh money more from power rangers yes Was that in space that had the yeah the, yeah the teenage mutant Ninja turtles are are uh, make a cameo um yeah. Which which female turtle was it that they was that Mona Lisa or was, no Mona Lisa is a lizard right dang it that Venus de Milo Venus, is the turtle Venus de Milo okay. yeah which I found I I realized like even in that in that one scene like the two seconds of 
fighting that they had, they managed to allow her to recline seductively on her side. I did not see that. Yeah. Yeah. After she kicks a guy, she lays down. She's like, hey, I'm a woman. I'm a lady. What a a woman. I like that. It was what a turtle. It was so great, though. I really liked that they had like even as they were like, well, oh, you guys must be real. Oh, you're real, too. What? Yep. Uh, All the fanfics. Oh, 90s. (laughs) That's pretty much it. The Tumblr's dead. (laughs) Oh, well, it's 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 out there. If someone if someone tweets at them. We're also on Stitcher if you want to use Stitcher. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher as well. Uh, we should know better. Just search it the same way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, do all of those things and uh, come back and hang out with us next time. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. This is an awkward exit. Bye. Bye. We're out. <laughs> oh, man. I was trying really hard to make a another blanket for it, but I couldn't muster it. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, Sky, isn't that really just a that, that's really just an analogy for our lives? We spend so much time trying to make blanket forts. Yep. That we just want one more blanket fort. That's really all we want. <laughs> sounds sounds like the title of a next um, John Green novel. Mm, one more blanket fort. One more blanket fort. Mm, the fall in our blanket forts. Um, overabundance of blanket forts. I actually like that better. Yes, I like the like a preponderance of blanket forts. Like hey. I want <laughs> an embarrassment of blanket forts. Are we? Are we not? Have we? Have we transitioned into like naming what a group of blanket forts would be? Oh no, no, that's no. It it no. These are still just John Green novels. Okay, because everyone knows that a group of blanket forts would be a snuggle. Hmm. Yes, that's amazing. I think we killed Sky. Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. I'm, wow. Dead from cute. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> you guys are just too adorable. <laughs>